I'm not in the business of building laundromats to fail. We try to match the risk with the risk profile. What is your geographical range? We've got a bunch of really cool things that are sort of on the market. And there's your opportunity. Your distributor is your cavalry. Hey everyone, Dave Men's Laundromat Millionaire here in Cincinnati, Ohio, and me and my beautiful wife Carla are here with a fantastic guest with another amazing episode of Laundromat Millionaire Business Podcast. We appreciate you joining us today. This is going to be a lot of fun, guys, because what we're going to talk about is something that I get asked questions about all the time, and I know other people do too. And what that is, is should I build a new laundromat? And if I should not build a new laundromat, what's the flip side of that? Should I buy an existing uh, zombie mat, rundown laundromat, and should I retrofit it and turn it into a beautiful modernized laundromat? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Carla, how are you doing today? I am great. I'm excited about our guest today. Um, today we have with us J.D. Dixon. He is from Nashville, Tennessee, where he owns National Laundry Equipment, LLC, a distributorship of Hipsch Equipment. Um, in addition to the distributorship, he also owns a few laundromats himself. He has a great passion for helping the independent laundromat owner, um, helping them to be the best owners they can. In addition to that, he is also a jujitsu athlete as well. So I am really excited to have JD here with us today. And we are going to learn a lot about starting your own laundromat, whether to build it new or to refab an existing one. So JD, welcome. It is so good to meet you. Hello. Thank you for that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, we are excited to have you on the show today. Um, as, as you probably know, one of the things we like to do to get started, we, we feel like the business owners and entrepreneurs that make this country and this world a great place, uh, have, we all have unique and fabulous stories and yes, some trauma associated with our journeys <laughs> in most cases. But what we'd like to do to get proper context is to get just a real quick version of kind of your backstory. And you can decide what that looks like, your childhood, your college days, whatever, you know, your pre-business entrepreneurial journey, whatever it looks like. Can you just kind of take us back a little bit and kind of walk us through what made J.D. Dixon who he is today as a, as a person? Sure. Well, I, I grew up on a farm okay. um, in Fairview, Tennessee. Um, I learned to fix whatever was broken. You know, we we didn't call anybody to come fix the truck or the tractor or whatever. We did it ourselves. And, um, you know, I had my hands greasy uh, probably, you know, long before I was a teenager. And, uh, you know, that, that really helped early on in my company. And uh, ended up going to Furman University and thought I wanted to go the biology route. Um, got a job in a lab at Vanderbilt, sort of wanting to transition into pharmacology. Um, ended up running the mouse room for uh, one of the uh, research buildings. So I was in charge of like 650 mice. Uh, so did you actually wife, do any experimentation or you just took care of the mice? Oh, I, yeah, no, I did a lot of experimentation. Yeah, okay. I did. I, I, cool. yeah, I was a worker bee for a brilliant and wonderful man named Doug Vaughn. And then uh, under him was Masoot uh, Aaron and a guy named Baidong Hu. And they, uh, holy smokes, just next level brilliant. We, we actually knocked genes out of mice. Um, replaced them with other genes, did some amazing things. How cool. Um, you know, with the mouse model in, in the context of helping people with 
um, atherosclerosis, and it was a it was a super cool time. But I learned that it wasn't for me. Um, and you know, being in charge of a mouse room, you come home and your wife says you're going to shower before you do anything. <laughs> and, and <laughs> it was, uh, you know, and and I'm I'm. It just wasn't for me for a variety of reasons, and I really respect those people. I love science. I'm a big believer in it. After that, I kind of went through sort of a loss period where I, you know, became a wilderness emergency medical technician and, um, you know, did some search and rescue type stuff and all that kind of thing. And then um, ended up landing in uh, in a little retail sort of outfit, quickly become became the guy that kind of ran the uh, the store and then, uh, uh, went to business school, uh, graduated from business school, got a job with a little boutique private equity firm in, uh, Munich, Germany, which was pretty awesome. Um, ended up flying around on airplanes all the time and, nice. uh, and doing that. And, uh, you know, it was, it was great for a guy who was in his late twenties, but pretty soon you get tired of riding an airplane 200 days a year. And, uh, you know, I was talking to one of the principals of the company and he said, you know, I, I'd love to help you get started on your own. So I started getting on bizbysell.com and looked at a bunch of businesses, had a business broker. But, you know, we looked at all these different businesses from pallet companies to this and that and everything else. So finally, I walked into National Equipment Company and Juanita and Roy Elder were sitting there. I think Juanita was maybe 77 and uh, it had kind of gotten into a situation where, you know, he was dead in the water. You know, I mean, we we didn't have $200,000 in revenue my first year. But I walked in and there was, uh, you know, Juanita and Roy and there was a phone and there was a typewriter. And then there was a ledger book that went back to 1947, like a handwritten, you know, trial balance ledger oh, book yeah. <laughs> that was this stuff. big. <laughs> and then little tiny numbers. And I was sitting there going, whoa, wow. you know, all I need to do is go selling, right? Well, we didn't have a line. Um, we were a Dexter sub-distributor. It has helped me because I know the Dexter product pretty well. We were a, a Dexter sub-distributor uh, for John Subs at Southern Automatic Equipment. And so, you know, we basically bought from him and then sold in our market. And um, um, I did everything I did, except, you know, Juanita basically ran the phones and I kept the books and I did the service calls and I did the sales. And, uh, I remember it was a really big, big thing for me. Uh, uh, right up the street, there was a plumber selling, uh, an old F two fifty that was this thing's so old. It was a straight six. I'm not kidding. <laughs> like a six cylinder engine and an F two fifty. It was a gasser. And I think the thing gets about six or seven miles a gallon. And it didn't have air conditioning. And I remember how huge it was. I was like, I could buy this vehicle. We have a company vehicle now, you know. And, and, you've arrived. Yeah. When you buy a company vehicle, you've arrived. And they, oh, man, I was, I, was, I was big time. I, you know, yeah. uh, you know I, I don't even know how many miles it is. It's, 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 well, it's on the farm now. It's like our, our farm truck. It's phenomenal. I think the last time it actually went on the road was, I don't know, maybe eight or nine years ago. But yeah, then the rest is history. You know, we, um, national laundry equipment has just done so well. And I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm so blessed to have a fantastic staff. You know, I've got, I've got David Pitt who's, who's running the company for me. He's the general manager and, uh, he was a senior NCO in the army. Um, and I've got John Pell who is just 
just a phenomenal salesman and, and his heart is really in it and really interested in helping the independent guy succeed. Um, we, of all the, you know, 30 some odd laundromats we've built and all this other stuff, we've, we've never had a laundromat go out of business. Um, all the retools we've done have been successful. It's really great to have a sales guy who gets to know his clients and loves his clients and really wants to see them succeed, you know, because uh, those guys are really hard to find. It's a lot easier to find that in the business owner than it is the guy who's actually running the sales because mm-hmm. the guy that's running the sales is paycheck depends on how much he sells. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but John has a, has an amazing heart and uh, he's just so passionate and, and so is David and, you know, David running the service side, you know, he, he gets to deal with, with all with everything that happens when things don't go right. And he's just right. so calm and so capable. And, and, you know, I've got Matt and Mike and, 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 and Jeremy and Johnny and, and uh, you know, all the other folks that are involved in everything from cleaning to collecting to doing service. Um, so the company's we're, definitely grown. Yeah. Since you first took ownership. Well, okay. I got, I got to know, I got to know JD, where's the typewriter? Is it still there? <laughs> No, the typewriter uh, okay. typewriter right. gone. Okay. The ledger Because I, I always talk about modernizing the laundromat industry. So right. I can't have a guest on here who's still using a typewriter. I know it. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Boy, I'm kidding. she would sit there. She would do marketing. And I, I sat there with her forever. And we did marketing. I remember sitting there on, on July 4th one time. And literally, we would type out everybody's name and send them letters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I go, oh, my gosh. And finally, I was like, when are you? We're not doing this anymore. You have to learn how to use a computer, <laughs> right? And by golly, she did it. Yeah, you know I mean, she fantastic. she didn't even know how to turn the thing on. I don't think she'd ever turn one on. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, she's doing shipping. She's doing all this stuff. I mean, she she was amazing. She's not with me anymore. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I my yeah, my experience has been that not just in my in my team, but my team's amazing. But my experience has been that if you look at the personality and the character traits uh, and the integrity of a small business owner, which, you know, we're very proud of our organizations, but, but we're, we're small business owners in the grand scheme of things. Right. Um, that most, most, if not all small businesses, even by default, I would argue, uh, take on the personality of their founder and owner. Um, so the reality is that you have a great organization. You have fantastic people to work for you. I've met many of them. Um, they are amazing people. You are attracted to amazing clients, um, or they are attracted to you, I should say. Um, and want to work with you as a distributor because of who you are and because of the team that you've built. But the point is, while all of them deserve credit, the reality is that your organization, National Laundry Equipment, is a reflection of J.D. Dixon. And this is one of the things that I love about the um, distributor model in our industry. A lot of people, you know, attack it for any different reasons for being antiquated or whatever. And maybe there's just a little bit of truth to that. And maybe the way we organize things or whatever, that's fine. But the reality is that usually people that attract the distributorship model, and I don't want to go too far down this road, but people that people that aren't fans of it, usually they aren't either relationship people or they haven't built the proper relationship with their local distributor. Now, sometimes that can be that distributor hasn't earned the right to, to, to earn that relationship, right, with the customer. But the flip side of that is someone who's not a distributor myself. I tell people constantly, if you want to have a gold mine of an equipment distributor, you know what we, the laundromat owner, need to do? We need to be a gold mine of a customer. 
Meaning that we need to look at this partnership as a as a value proposition that is a give and take. It's a win-win relationship, just like any marriage or any other relationship in the world. And you will get into it what you put into it. And there are poor distributors out there. No one in the industry is going to tell you there aren't. But there are amazing distributors out there that the beauty of this industry, one of the things I love about amazing distributors like you guys is you guys are – the laws of supply and demand are so tipped in your favor – that you guys get to, and I don't know if this might make you uncomfortable, but I tell people the the best distributors in our industry, they have more business that they know what to do with because the laws of supply and demand are tipped in their favor. And you know what yeah. that means? They get to cherry pick. And I'm not saying you do that. I'm just saying the best distributors in our industry get to cherry pick. The reason they get to cherry pick is they have more business than they know what to do with. And so they get to look at me, Dave Menz, as a customer and say, do I want to do business with them or not? You don't have to take every customer that walks in the door. And so that puts the onus on me, the laundromat owner, the operator, to say, well, I need to be the type of customer that JD wants to work with. And that's where the beauty of this relationship really takes off. And what I found is the sky's the limit for not only the distributor and your business, but me, the operator, and my business. And me and my relationship with HM Company is a perfect example of that. And I know you have many customers that feel the same way about you and your relationship. They would point to you for their success and you would point to them for their success. And everyone that's listening, whether you're in the laundromat industry or you're not in the laundromat industry, this is the key to business. The key to business, no matter what your product is, is to find the relationships, invest in them, build in them, find win-win scenarios as Dale Carnegie calls it. You know, Find those situations, embrace them, and then nurture them. So I know I went off on a little bit of tangent. I apologize. I'm going to let you get back to your story again. No, it's but the reality I, is you, that you makes you me. that Thank makes you. that makes you what you are, and it makes the Nashville market and the way that you all in in Nashville, because folks, I'm in Cincinnati. The way that you all serve your communities and your what I call sub communities in in Nashville and surrounding areas, Kentucky, Alabama, the other places that you offer your services, it's what makes you those communities better. Mm-hmm. So well, kudos to you for that. That's uh, that that's that's really high praise, and and I but I'll be the first to tell you I'm very lucky. I I just I'm I'm but thank you, um, and then to what you said, you know, you're not saying like, look, the distributor should be able to name the price and you have to pay it. This is Absolutely. not that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about like the relationship, and I, I'm a huge believer in this. The relationship that that, that the infantry has with the cavalry, right? Go, follow your commander. distributor if, you, if you're a good laundromat operator your distributor is your cavalry that's the eyes and ears that's Amen. how you know your market you got to run your store you need to have somebody that knows the market knows the new stuff that's coming out knows what technology may be used for you against you if it's good bad sideways whatever and then really what you share is information and if you can share information have a partnership with somebody who you trust to share information but won't go just sharing it with all everybody there you go number one and then number two will actually learn from it delve into it and then come back with you know real feedback i mean then then you really have something and i think that's i'm going to point this out jd because i think this is really important for people when you're looking for a great distributor you're not always looking at what they're doing you're, you should be looking at why they're doing it. And that's part of that relational mentality, getting to know them and finding that out. Because I think that there is a stigma associated with distributors owning laundromats, that they're competing with me. 
-hmm. And there well, are there are yeah. situations where that is absolutely accurate. There is no disputing that. You know, my mindset is, look, I'm going to build a laundromat and I want it to bring me in a little bit of income, but I want to test theories and I want to, you know, have something to show my customers and, you know, I want, you know, proof of concept. Right. Um, I think you're that's more, a, You're more focusing on being a better distributor. Yes. Like you have laundromats to improve yourself as a distributor. <laughs> Operating stores of my own does give me a chance to try out a bunch of stuff. In fact, in this store here, I've got a bunch of really cool things that are sort of on the market, not quite coming soon. I've got hips touch here and then I've got stack washer dryers. And uh, this, this particular store is a ground up store that we're building as a company store to test out sort of a, uh, a model that I have in mind, uh, you know, especially in the natural market in some of these cities, we're seeing rent go to places where laundromats don't really want to have to pay. I'm hoping um, that this model will bear out. Um, I've been a bigger store guy. I've been a believer in, look, if it's not 3,500 square feet, let's not do it. And it's work. But see these amazing. washer that would be amazing. stacks back here. Okay, explain to guys, us explain to us what you mean by that because I think when you say washer dryer stacks I think a lot of people just think stack dryer like they don't I don't no. think they I don't think they actually understand what you mean by that and maybe yeah. I don't know I know you don't want to carry your laptop around but maybe if you could show I don't know I can so, yeah I mean if you're it's in a okay store as much yeah. as you yeah I mean as much as yeah, you're so, able to I think so, it's amazing to share this information yeah so we'll go look at this now this is a new product for Alliance um you know I mean it started out kind of in the OPL world and now they, they're offering in the coin world um so if you can see so here's the little hips touch control here you can hit it and it says washer ready well you can't read that because it it's yeah, not gonna let you yeah it glows too but anyway much. it's really cool you. trust me i i wouldn't <laughs> i wouldn't lie to you um but anyway uh so you you know you hit it and it says i'm ready to wash you hit it and it says hey look this this washer is this particular one on cold water is seven dollars and yada 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 right so this is the washer okay so the washer's on the bottom and the dryer's on top. Okay. What size so is that? What size is that washer these, dryer? This is a 50. Okay. Right. So this is a 50, 55. So, okay. so my concern is it takes longer to dry clothes than it does to wash them mm -hmm. as a general rule. Even with 200G equipment, it takes longer to dry than it does to wash. So my concern is if somebody's got clothes in the dryer, is somebody who's waiting to wash going to use the washer? Right. I don't know. So that that's going to be a pass fail for me. Right? Are those are those the only is that the only equipment you have in there? Is the combo or do you have other individual no, 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 washers no. and so dryers? I did put soft mounts. So my big machines over here are soft mounts, okay. and the reason is is they're four hundred plus G's, um, and I've got soft mounts on the other end too, and mm -hmm. so they'll kind of speed up dry times but anyway yeah and i don't know if you can see this but this says touch anywhere to get started you're going to touch it can you even read that you can't once no. you once you touch it it just glow the whole thing glows but if you could just yeah, tell us what it says sad. well what it yeah. says is it, it asks you up at the top it asks you to choose your heat and then it asks you to choose your minutes and then it gives you the price and you hit next it's 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 really a slick thing yeah um, they're very they're very interactive and i don't know if you know this jd yeah. but i'm building a star right now here in cincinnati with those controls and they're amazing. And the thing I love about them is they're so interactive. Literally, yep. it is touch and then it asks you a question and it tests and yep. it asks you a question. Um, That's right. they're, they're incredibly user-friendly. Um, just right. amazing, amazing controls. Does it have the ability to um, change languages? Like if we have 
customers come in that are Spanish speaking? Does it have that option? Yeah. In it? So I really wish you could see it. It's super cool. Yeah. They, they have these little flags up in the right hand corner and oh. you push the flag and then it has a drop down list of, uh, because I don't know how many I'm going to make up a yeah. number, Several. 7,386,492 <laughs> languages. We, I mean, won't, I we won't fact check you. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's, there's more languages there than I, than I even knew, you know, it's no really kidding. cool. Wow. And it does all of these things. Um, and then you can customize how, what you want it to like the approach screen, you can customize how, what you want it to say. So I've really simplified mine. So mine, I just, but like you hit next on normal wash, you can like, you can almost create, not quite, but almost create an OPL level precision with these. But I chose to be a little bit more simplified. And so I just have normal, you hit next, and then you can add add-ons. Like you can do a speed wash. It just basically takes time off. You know, let's say you're in a big hurry. Um, you can do ultra wash, you can do deluxe wash, you can do this, that, and everything else. And the cool thing is it defines all of this stuff. I know you said it's a fairly small 2000 square foot store. I think you said, mm -hmm. um, but you've clearly built a state of the art store. Um, oh yeah. You know, so, modernized you know, controls. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, anybody that knows me knows I'm a big believer in the Santa wash system. We do that. What is Santa wash? Not everyone yeah, yeah. knows. Well, I'll get into that. I'll get into that. One of the, one of the options is to when you walk up. Um, so basically I just offer three options. When you walk up to a machine, I say normal wash. And then after you push next, you can choose more and more things. Um, and then I have high speed spin. So let's say you've got a bunch of stuff and you just want to spin them out again. That also gives me the option of if somebody says this thing didn't spin out my clothes, I don't have to run an entire cycle. Right. I can get online and just boom, hit that high speed spin and it'll just go straight into the spin cycle. Right. And you don't, and you don't have to get your RL03 key out and pull the lid off and rapid advance it. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> and, and, and some people and, know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, yeah. And then the, the customers really also appreciate that because instead of, okay, I'm going to start, you know, let's say I'm not here and, and it's at a time where there's nobody here. Customer calls in and says, didn't spin out my clothes. You know, they don't have to wait an entire 25 minutes or whatever for it to go through an entire cycle just to spin the clothes out. Right. It can just spin the clothes out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's and you like, you know, seven minutes. You can control the machine from your phone. Oh, yeah. How I cool. mean, we've had that, we've had that capability for a while. Um, I'm, I wouldn't have a laundromat without it. But anyway, the third option, I've got pre sanitize and you click it, you touch it, and it says, sanitize the washer before you load sanitize only and it's uh you know i charge like a dollar for it and so even though the santa wash machine uses ozone to sanitize the wash wheel every time cold water goes through it which is every single cycle because even on a hot cycle you rinse with cold water some people and a lot of people will pay that extra dollar just to know look Boom, this thing's sanitized. So all it does is it fill, agitates a few times, it lights up the Santa wash machine, runs ozone through it, it reaches one part per million ozone and dumps and bang, you got a clean washer. So it's pretty cool. Even though I mean it, it was already done, right? But right. Yeah. it was yeah, it was already done with the pre with the rinse on the previous yeah. wash. Yeah, but Correct. but if it's something that that is a huge high margin thing yep. for you to do, absolutely offer it because absolutely. people are gonna buy it. So let me ask you a question is that you've built a beautiful store there. And, and the reason I wanted to have you on the show 
is because I'm aware of other stores you built before this one. And I know this is like opening any day. Um, but I, I have friends that you've built store for, and I've seen your brother's stores and you, you know how to build a laundromat. So really what we want to get into and talk about today is the concept of why would someone, and let's say hypothetically, they're new to the industry, but it, it could even be someone with an existing laundromat and they're deciding to expand you, you as a distributor, you get people that come to you on a regular basis. I would assume daily, but probably weekly or monthly for sure. And they come to you, and I would guess one of the first things they say to you is, should I build a new laundromat or should I buy an existing laundromat, whether it's a rundown, dumpy laundromat, and retrofit it and fix it up? That's a that's a conversation I have quite often and as a coach, and I'm not a distributor. I imagine you have that conversation quite a bit. I want to walk through how you answer that question, because I like to tell people in my coaching, almost the answer to almost every question you ask me is it depends. That's the answer. <laughs> that drives them crazy. But it's the truth. And then we got to talk about the parameters and the aspects of how we make decisions. Can you walk us through how you and your organization make those decisions? And obviously, it's based on supply and demand and demographics and square footage and sure. layouts yeah. and all these things. Because right. I think this is a big this is a big conversation that, quite frankly, JD, I don't think has had enough. No, I I I, I agree with you. Now, yeah. what do I do when somebody comes and asks me? Do I need to open one or do I need to buy a zombie map? Well, you know, like we said before, the, the, the first thing you have to look at is availability. Okay, what's available in the market right now that we can focus on? Because I'm telling you, the way building is in any of these towns, the way codes are, the way construction is, the way equipment availability is, hmm, it's terrifying. <laughs> I mean, well, like, building costs right now since COVID, oh, building costs are through the roof. Well, and, and nobody has equipment to sell because you can't get computer boards, right? Yeah. And it's a, it's a problem. You know? Availability is a big thing, right? So what's available? If I've got a zombie mat in the market that I know or a fine laundry that somebody just wants to sell. Right. And, you know, um, from my experience, and, you know, I, I have been blessed with a lot of experience valuing companies and, and I know how to do this and I know what's bunk and what's real. You know, and you know, if you value a company, you either value it by the assets or you value it by the cash flow. You don't get both. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like a lot of laundry owners think, yeah, well, my cash flow is worth this, and then I'm going to sell you the equipment. No, <laughs> that's how this works. <laughs> you don't have cash flow without equipment. <laughs> right. You know, and it's just, but I, you know, I get it. Like, and a lot of laundry owners are are not real well versed in how you sell a business, and that's fine. You know. Um, and everybody's baby is the best baby ever. I mean, I have two children and, you know, they're both going to be president one right after another. We're going to have, we're going to have 16 years. 16 of years. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. But anyway, so, uh, uh, you have to, you, you, you have to really look at what's going on in the market. Okay. Is there a location? And one of the things that a good distributor does is they always looking for location, right? If you've got sales guys and you're a distributor and those sales guys kind of have a light day, they need to be running miles on those vehicles looking around, right? You know, and you call your distributor and you're like, well, what do you guys have? You know, they should know, they should be like, well, you need to go to this one. You need to look at that market or whatever. They're going to be a little careful in the beginning as to telling you, hey, this space here, because right now the most valuable thing in this entire industry is location. Absolutely. Okay? Now, we they also should say, well, you know, there's a lot of good stuff out there, but, you know, 
um, I'm going to make up a name. Bobby Furtick over here has been a customer of mine for, you know, 10 years is uh, really trying to get out. He's got a great store. It needs some work. Let's go look at it, you know, or, you know, these folks are really not doing a good job. You know, let's see if we can contact them, you know? Um, and so it's, it's going to depend on availability. Now, first and foremost, and most importantly, we're going to try to get to know you. Okay. We spend a lot of time trying to get to know our clients and our future clients. And it always pays dividends. I have clients out there that would not have survived building a laundromat from the ground up, but they are brilliant laundromat owners, but they just do not have the risk profile to do that. There's nothing wrong with this, right? So risk profile is very so, important. It and is. Whether to, what, what, what are the reasons for that? Can you explain the thought process? Yeah. So some people just have more of, of an understanding of, um, of risk. You know what I mean? Some people, some people have much more, and it, it's hard to discuss this without bringing in negative connotations towards someone who may have less of a risk profile. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But if you look at some of the greatest businessmen of our time, like Sam Walton, they invested in sure deals, mm -hmm. right? They only made investments in sure deals. So, but some people, some people just can't live with themselves if they're taking the amount of risk that it would take to start something ground up. And it's really up to me. And in my case, John, to figure that out. Mm -hmm. And if we, you know, we've gotten better at figuring out who that is, and then we start moving them toward, you know, purchasing a laundromat mm -hmm. and then watching them, you know, use their own creativity and their own business acumen to improve that, you know, which is just as good as building one from the ground up. I mean, there, there's no dishonor in that. There's no honor in going and building one from the ground up. And these are business decisions. And at the end of the day, the, the person who's spending all the money and taking all the risk, you know, you are going to have to reconcile that with yourself and your family. We try to match the risk with the risk profile. You know what I mean? So you, so you have availability and then you have that. And then, you know, there, there is that third group that does both. And those people are the ones that really make that really make it right. They go driving down the road and they're like, I want to own that store. You know what I mean? Or they go driving down the road and they're like, Hey, look at that spot. I'm going to build a store there. You know what I mean? That would be, those are, <laughs> he does yeah. that all the time. <laughs> yeah. The but store, those are the store I'm building people. right now, I've been driving by for 10 years saying I'm going to own that store someday. <laughs> yeah. There you and go. I'm closing on it next week. Hey, congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. You know, my brother's that way. So my, my, my brother, he looked at some property in Tullahoma for years and he finally just walked over there and bought it. So, yeah. So there's that it's, it's, it's the risk profile, right? So how, what is it? You know, we try to make a judgment call on what, where would this customer be most successful? They'd be most successful in, you know, a turnaround situation. Would they be most successful in a, uh, already successful laundromat with, you know, $250,000 in revenue, but it just needs, you know, needs that creative push, you know, or, you know, would they be, would, are they the kind of, kind of guy that wants to wade into that gunfight, you know, guns blazing, build that laundromat and show everybody how it's done. And they're, you know, 
those three people bleed into each other, but by and large, they're kind of three different people, you know? And so we really, we really try to focus on um, what is the best for our customer. And sometimes our customer doesn't agree with us, mm-hmm. you know? And then that's a conversation yeah. that is sometimes a little bit hard, you know? And I've had situations where customers have been like, well, you know, why, why didn't you give me that location? And then, you know, they get sort of angry and we're like, well, we put you in this location, you're doing great. And then, you know, six months down the road and we're still trying to build that location and the customer that ended up taking it over, you know, is okay with it because their risk profile, they're like, man, I'm glad you didn't put us over there. Like we would not have survived this. Like this would have right. been terrible for my marriage, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. So, well, we don't want to dive too far down this road, but I will say that I, you know, uh, you know, you're, you're referring to Steve Andrews, which is a friend of mine and a friend of yours. Um, he owns the wash house in, uh, in Nashville and I don't, it's probably in a suburb of Nashville, but Nashville's all the same to me. Okay. In Antioch, <laughs> right. Yeah. Antioch. Okay. And he's, it's a gorgeous actually, store. Go he's Google building it. his second and he he's working out terms on his third. So he wow. is rocking. Yes, yeah, he is. This guy. But what, what I was going to tell people is, um, if you, if you Google him or check out his story, uh, he was in an interview podcast on my friend, Jordan Barry's, uh, podcast, laundromat resource. I'm not sure which episode, but go check that out. It's a great episode, but the point is that you're t- the things you're talking about are actually some of the things that kind of came for to, to fruition with him through that process. And I, I may be misstating this, you'd know more than me, but wasn't it over a year that it took to actually get it open because oh, of some it, complications it was, in the process of, and I don't remember the details, getting the drains, getting the water lines, those types of things that, that are, that are issues that you need to have the right, what you're saying, if I'm understanding you correctly is you know, the Steve Andrews of the world obviously was able to absorb that and, and his risk profile and his personality allowed him to move forward where it would have kept some people up at night or even dare I say, broken some people. Is that, is that kind of what you're talking about? Cause I know that was not a smooth journey for him. Absolutely. And he, um, he was the perfect guy for that situation, man. And that store has, I mean, he's a, right now he's a one-store guy and he's making more than he did in corporate America. I mean, this store is amazing. Like this store really, this guy has gotten everything he can get out of the store and it's beautiful and it's clean. No, he hasn't. I'm going to correct you because he's a happy nest operator and we're just getting started with him. (laughs) So don't, so don't tell me. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. No, No, I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Man, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. But see when he, when he ends up with three, right. There you go. You know, then he's not going to have throughput problems. Yes. I mean, right now he's got throughput problems. Yes, he does. He does not have enough capacity to meet the demand right now. Yes. The laws of supply and demand are tipped in his favor. Yeah. but almost too far. Right. Ex- ex- right, extenuating. right. He has, he has laundromats all around him. It's not like there's no competing laundromats. I mean, you can walk to the next laundromat in under five minutes. So let me ask you this question. Are any of them even in the ballpark of his value proposition? No, there you, go. There you go. They're all dead. There you go. And the people that go there are the low cost, you know, the people that are driven by price. And those are the people that end up messing up your bathroom. That's right. End up and of course, now Steve has problems. We all have problems. Sure. I mean, st- you know, I mean, I think one of these days we all need to get together and really come together and all of us write one chapter about the craziest thing that happened in your laundromat. <laughs> mm, and, amazing uh, book. I guarantee you it'll be an international bestseller because yeah. it is wild. Like the stuff that goes on in these places, you know, humans are just humans. So tell me this, JD, 
Um, we talked about risk profile. We talked about getting to know their personalities and whether that makes it good. So we're talking about the customer, the consumer that's coming to you. They're interested in the laundromat industry. I just wanted to kind of clarify that I understand it correctly, what you would say as far as risks. So like the lowest risk would be um, buying a store that's already successful. You're just going right. to tweak it. So that would be the person right. who's very risk adverse. That would probably be their best option. And then right, the but next they're not risk be, averse, remember, because they're buying a business. Well, yes, yes. So not as not somebody who's not as who, willing to take on risk. <laughs> right. Yes, yes. Yeah, right. the risk averse is people that are teachers. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and I can say I that because it's my wife. Married you then. But anyway. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I must have some level of risk acceptance. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> um, so the next would be maybe buying like the zombie mat but looking into it as much as you can. And then the highest level of risk you would say would be like starting your own from ground zero, building your own. Do I understand that correctly? Yes, absolutely. Okay. What I'm going to flip to the other side of the script for a second. So assuming you have the right risk profile individual, they have the capital to do whatever they want to do in any scenario. What, what do you look at as far as market opportunities, the laws of supply and demand, layouts, those types of obviously location, things like that. How do you guide them through someone that doesn't know what they don't know and they're looking to you as the distributor to help guide them through this process? What are the things that you teach them to look for and simultaneously the things you're looking for? Right. So we actually, we, we spend a lot of time with our customers in the beginning. Um, and then a lot of them make the decision never to pursue the laundry business. It's just not for them. And we, of course, don't ever try to shoo anybody away. We want them to be in the laundry business, but, um, you know, they make this decision for X, Y, or Z reason. And we're sort of um, monetarily SOL there. But the nice thing is, is, you know, there are enough people that get involved in the laundry business that, you know, I mean, that's, that's just one of the expenses of my business, right? Yeah. And, well, and they're the people that are probably going to be successful. You kind of weed out the people that maybe this isn't the right business for them. Right. Or they, they self-weed out. Yeah. They self-weed out, you know, and a lot of them invest in a different business or, you know, sure. this is just one of the 11 things they're looking at or you know, <laughs> right. whatever it is. Right. Right. So, and, and then there are a lot of good uh, business people who own laundromats and, you know, also own X, Y, and Z other businesses, you know, um, but we spend a lot of time with them. And one of the, one of the big things we want to know is uh, what is your geographical range? Are you comfortable? How far are you willing to drive? And then that will set a lot of, uh, of, of our uh, geographic uh, thought for them. And that'll push us one way or another, right? So if they're like, well, I want to be within, you know, X miles of, of this specific neighborhood, which happens sometimes, then we want to do a competitive analysis. And then we may be talking about, you know, trying to buy a laundromat, right? Because I'm not in the business of building laundromats to fail. And so I'm also not in the business of cutting the pie so many times in a neighborhood that nobody makes it, right? You know, so when I mean? you're, so when you're dissecting that market, what are you looking at? What are the parameters that you're looking at? And you can talk I'm about the at, obvious, like demographics, for example. Um, sure. I mean, everybody knows, right? You want 40% renters. You want a certain income level. You want a lot of kids. You want, you know, uh, you know, specific, uh, you're looking for specific things, a specific type of person, because you need what's called the dedicated user, 
right? And then like the lady that just came in with a bunch of comforters and pillows, I mean, she's, she's awesome. She just came in, I'm not even open, but she saw me in here and she's like, can I wash? You know, we actually had to break because I had to help her do that. Sorry about that. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, so uh, they're, they're great, right? But you can't count on these people, you know? Right. And that's one of the things that happiness does a really good job of. And that's where I think a lot of the industry is going to go because there are zero people out there now who have families that have time to do laundry. And so if you can pick up their laundry and drop off their laundry, they will pay whatever you ask. Yeah. What I always tell people in that type of conversation is there's a difference in a laundromat and a laundry center. And that's semantics to a certain extent, but the, the customer that's in your store right now doing comforters and things like that isn't quote unquote a laundromat customer, meaning they're not that weekly customer that's going to be in there doing their laundry every week. They're a valued customer. Don't get me wrong, but the reality is they're, they're at, you know, I don't even know if I want to say an outlier. They're an exception to the laundromat. So we go back to the laundromat for a minute and focus on that. What makes a successful laundromat? Why would you decide to build a new laundromat in a certain market? Are you looking for, obviously we're looking at demographics. Obviously we're looking at competitive analysis. What does the competitive analysis look like? How does your and you and your team walk through that process with a potential laundromat owner um, and look at existing laundromats and say, none of these are the right opportunity. So maybe I do need to check my risk aversion and maybe build a laundromat or maybe even someone that's not quite as risk averse might say, Hey, there's an, there's an opportunity to take over this existing laundromat and make it into a, essentially a brand new laundromat, even though it's already existing. How do you guys walk them through that process and kind of that thought process? Right. So the amazing thing about this business and, and it, it still blows my mind is that we went through a significant amount of time where a lot of places didn't really have any modernization. And so if we go to a location, Agreed. and I, I don't know how this happened, and it really is the fault of the distributors, I think. You know, I think the distributors did a terrible job of bringing new technology to the laundry owners, you know? And there was a really bad sort of um, um, outbreak of, well, it's working, so I'm going to keep it the same. And really, laundry owners were colluding. We weren't meaning to, but we were kind of colluding with each other. So, like, you know, if uh, if Sheila over there doesn't doesn't upgrade her equipment, why would I upgrade mine? You know, if she doesn't invest in this technological advantage, then why would I do that? It's just going to cost me money, right? Right. So, anyways, there's a lot of places in this in this country where you go into a town. And there hadn't been anything new in 30 years in the laundry business. And people are still using, you know, like these little square laundry machines, you know, that are maybe like harvest gold or some kind of weird stuff. <laughs> you know, you go in and then it, then as distributors, you should kind of already know who's involved there. And if their mentality is, well, I'm not going to do anything and I like where I am and I'm also not going to sell. Right. So that's kind of a place you're going to look. You just said something really valuable. So you were talking about the value of a distributor knowing their market and what I call all the sub-markets within that. So a part of the value proposition that a great distributor, and I don't mean good, but a great distributor will bring to someone like me or someone new to the industry is they're going to come and they're going to meet with you. You're already going to have a lot of this information, right? Yeah, now, you, me should, as the, you should have a ton of it. Yes. Correct. And maybe not all of it and not in every specific sub-market if they are wanting to be five miles from their home 
or something like that. But you're going to have a lot of this information. And it is based on things that I talk about all the time, like value proposition. Are they modernizing their payment systems? Just as an example, are they modernizing their equipment? Are they willing to invest in things like Santa Wash? Uh, are yeah. they willing are, to invest in ozone? This this thing right here, like this is what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, we we clean, and 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 it is a competitive advantage. And uh, I know so so many people that have these things. You walk in, and you talk to the customers. Why do you come here? And they say, oh, because of the sanitizer. They call it the sanitizer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to that competitive analysis, you're looking for people that have not modernized their laundromats, right? That have or been in business. Flat refuse to. There's no reason why right. they don't. They've right. got a great business. They've got customers that are coming. And the only reason why the customers are going there is because they have to. There you go. Right. You, you want to create like your stores. You walk into the store and you don't feel like a second class citizen. Like, man, you know, I can't afford a lot washing machine. Like everybody thinks people go to the laundromat because they can't afford a washing machine. That is right. the wrong mentality. Yep. Right. And those are the people that that have that mentality that end up losing in the laundromat game. Because right. if you want to win in the laundromat game, you know, then you go and you find a location that's got a bunch of those kind of around. And then you put in a laundry in there that people are like, wow, this looks like a spaceship, you know, mm-hmm. like, holy smokes, this thing that I can like. I, I can bank on the fact that this washer's clean. Man, look at the floor. The floor is clean, right? And and remember, the first thing in the laundromat is the smell. The second is the floor. Your smell is dirty and, and nasty. And so many laundromats have that awful laundromat smell. And if the floor <laughs> is dirty, people, man, bam. The second they walk in, this place is dirty. Yeah. You know? And then third, I would say, is your bathroom. You really can. But maintaining a public bathroom is the bane of all business owners. But it's <laughs> something. That it happens. certainly is. You know, and it's, it's, I always tell people when it comes to the, when it comes to the things that are the hardest to control in the do, the better you do them, the more of a market differentiator it is for you. That's right. So you can, you can treat it as a negative or you can treat it as a positive. It's the same scenario. It's just how you're going to react and respond to it. Um, That's exactly the mentality that makes you successful because, you know, you walk into a laundry and you can very quickly figure out why there's so many people. You just walk in and you yeah. know, yeah. you know, and if you walk in and it's not that way, then there's your opportunity. Right? right. Yeah. Yeah. And if a laundry is full of people, but and it's gross, Sub, it's subpar. <laughs> you got an opportunity. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah. And that's a, that's a great point. That's a great indicator. We can, we can psychoanalyze demographics all day long, which is, there's a value in them. I'm not saying there's not, we can do that all day long. I always tell people, Go into a laundromat that is subpar or less than on a Sunday afternoon at three o'clock. <laughs> if it's busy, you have an opportunity. Because I always tell people the laws of supply and demand are undefeated. They are undefeated. So right. you want to choose a market or a submarket is what I call them, a one, three, five mile radius around your location or your potential location. And you're looking for a situation where the laws of supply and demand are tipped in your favor. And what I mean by that is yours is the business owner meaning the people in that market and that community are not properly being served. They're being served in some capacity, but not properly. Those are the things, those are the type of things we're looking for. And that's what you're saying. And that's exactly right. Um, And it's the mentality of, of whoever's managing the line, you know, and, and sometimes people start out with best of intentions, but as things go, they're, they're 
attention goes elsewhere and things go down and that's okay. That's a natural course of a business. Then, then you go through the choice of, okay, do we find out who the owner of this is? And if the server should already know, you know, do we find out who the owner is and then approach them and say, Hey, look, you know, we kind of like to purchase your business or, um, is it a situation to where, man, there is some great new real estate right over here. So maybe they just built a building that's phenomenal or even better, you know, maybe there's a building for sale or even better. Maybe there's a lot for sale on a main road that you put your own building and do everything from scratch. Because if you control the way you do your infrastructure, you have one for 30 years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anytime you're dealing with somebody involved that real estate, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And if you're dealing with somebody else's infrastructure, it's a struggle from the beginning. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, if, if you don't do the electrical, the water, and the gas right in this business, you are, you're fighting forever. It's hard. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and that's the biggest danger of buying a zombie mat mm-hmm. is your infrastructure. What is there that supports these industrial machines? Okay. So you have to have the infrastructure to support these things. If you don't have that and stuff is already in the ground and stuff is you know, already in the walls, it actually costs more and it's more difficult to fix that than to just do it yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you yeah. got to take everything out and start over, then you're better off just starting from square one. So let me ask you this in the context of what we're talking about, JD, you're saying that if you can find an older, when, when the, back into this conversation of buy or build and retrofit and build, modernize and build, what we're looking at is, if you can find an existing laundromat where the infrastructure is in good shape, it's not going to be great, right? Because it's right. older, but it's in you're good shape. Correct. Yeah. Then you can, you're still going to have to evolve and invest, invest in those things, but you can do it over time. If it's, if it's quality and it's sound, even if it's maybe a little old and a little dated and a little ugly, because it's at the end of the day, it's, you're saying it's water lines and gas lines and, and it works or it doesn't, you know, it's falling That's apart right. in your hands or it's not, or it's not. So yeah. if you can find that infrastructure, then yes, that's one of the value propositions that we talk about in the industry that an older laundromat has that you can go in and retrofit and modernize. And there's a tremendous amount of value in that infrastructure. But everybody assumes because there's a laundromat there that that infrastructure is valuable. And what you're saying is there's many is it- scenarios where it is not. It's actually a better value for the for the owner to build new rather right. than to go in and tear it all out. Right. And you need is that, to. Is that a fair to, prop, fair uh, that analysis? A, that is a, exactly what I'm trying to say. And um, as somebody who's coming into the business or somebody who's even been in the business for a while, you really should. Uh, this this is what distributors are for. Sure. Right. We're not just middlemen. Yep. You know, we are purveyors of information. Great distributors. And, yeah. And so <laughs> if you have a relationship with us, right, get us involved. And we can go in, like we walk in so many laundromats, like, you know, you can walk in and just by the smell of it, you know, you might be like, I feel like there's standing water in here somewhere. Right. We need to figure these things out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not after after you acquire it. You don't want to (laughs) find that out after you acquire it. You want to work with a great distributor, coach, mentor that can help you determine these things beforehand. And that's really, that really ultimately kind of brings the conversation full circle. 
So, so listen, JD, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thanks for showing us your board, your beautiful new store. I'm super yes. excited. We can't see the details of the controls, but I'm super excited knowing that I'm getting something very similar, uh, you know, for sure. Uh, thanks for explaining the ozone system, the Santa wash system to people. Um, oh, I love it. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. it was fantastic. So listen, hey, we want to tell us- you guys one thing. Yeah, I'm just sure. so proud of this. I want to sure. show you. I want to show you infrastructure, okay? Sure. This is what I mean by infrastructure. So check this out. I'm so proud of this. Look at this. So when we do infrastructure, we do it like this. Look at that. So if you can see, everything is easy to get to. Yeah, and, very open. And, and everything is, is built for the long haul, you know? I even try to de-emphasize, you know, rubber hoses and stuff. This is PEX. Because I, all you got to do is live through one flood right. where your hose broke. And then you'll realize how much water can come out of that in two hours. Yeah. It's huge. So, yes, it is. Um, but, but, you know, when you, when you buy a laundromat, just make sure your infrastructure is such that it can be supported. Yeah. Um, but like you say, there is a massive, massive, massive um, value proposition toward doing that because you already have a customer group that's coming in that's spending money there and and they're worth exactly what you calculate they're worth you know like with a discounted cash flow if you want to do that or if you want to do a you know just a multiple analysis that's what those people that's what their money and their business is worth you can calculate that you can bank that and the likelihood is that's not going to go down Right. The problem with uh, building a new laundromat, which I love building new laundromats, um, is you have to be OK with the idea that you don't have any calculated value. Right. It truly, truly is venture. It's mm -hmm. venture. Banks aren't going to look at you because it is venture capital to them. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, we have like Eastern Funding. We have Alliance Finance. We have all these different funding companies that will look at you. Um, and then. Uh, you know, Dave would be really good at at telling you guys how to, and a good distributor would too, how, how to um, sort of massage how you use these different capital sources to yes. maximize what you're doing. And if you're not doing that and you're a laundry owner, you need to, you need to, you need to think about doing that, right? It's, it's silly. It's silly not to, you know, manage your debt the same way that you manage your income. You know, this is a business, do it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, but anyway, that's great advice. Dave. That's great yeah. advice. Well, listen, oh, tell our yeah. tell our viewers real quickly how they can reach you. And and by the way, what market you serve? I know you're in Nashville. You mm -hmm. said you serve part of Kentucky. You serve part of Alabama. Can you describe yes, that real quickly for our viewers? Yeah. So we have we have several counties down in Alabama. You know, Huntsville and areas like that. And we have basically Middle Tennessee. We go basically from from. Um, um, just west of Crossville over to the river. Uh, so, you know, we're not, we don't go as far as Jackson, but we go close. Um, and then we have a whole lot of Kentucky minus the Lexington market. Yeah. So if so, we have people interested in talking to you as their, as their possible future mm -hmm. distributor, how should they reach out to you? You know, um, we have a great website, nationallaundryequipment.com. We're actually, it's, it's uh, soon to be completely redone. Um, yep. It's a little we'll bit We'll link dated, that in our show notes. Yep, nationalhonorcommon.com. Yeah, you you can always call us, 615-885-1115. Um, you'll probably get David on the line. He's our general manager. He's uh, he's fantastic. You can hit any of us by email. Um, so I am jd.dixon at nationallaundryequipment.com. 
John in sales is john.pell and it's P-E-L-L. You know, just look us up on the internet and, and give us a call. We love talking to people I, like, uh, like the men's family. I absolutely love this business. I love the opportunity it gives for, you know, people like us to be independent, to not be beholden to anybody, to not have to pay franchise fees, to go out there and actually run small businesses in such a way that we, we really don't have, um, I mean, of course, we have small problems with employees, but we don't have big employee problems. I mean, go ask somebody who runs a, a fast food joint and ask them about employees, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we, it's a we fairly have, simple business model. We've talked about is. that. It is. You know, Especially if well you don't understood. get into the pickup and delivery and all the other mm-hmm. um, types yeah. of business that you can add to it. But Right. And, but yeah. see, all of that stuff is add too, right? Mm-hmm. And and it, and all that stuff becomes your primary business. But you always have, you know, it, it's 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 kind of like a stepwise thing. You can start with the walk up business, and you can add layers. And and by adding layers, you're not just grasping onto this complicated thing, right? You can make it as complicated or simple as you want. And yeah. So listen, man, thank you so much for joining us today, for letting us check out your new store, even behind the scenes. Uh, we got a <laughs> yeah, sneak peek before cool. it even opened. Uh, let us check out your Santa Wash ozone system and giving a, giving our viewers and, and uh, listeners some tips and tricks on the laundromat industry and whether to build new or to take over a retrofit store and the things associated with that. We appreciate your time. We wish you the best. And if, if Dave and Carla Menz can ever do anything for you, please let us know, J.D. Well, thank you, sir. And, and, and the same uh, from, from me toward you guys. And, and just uh, give me a call. Looking forward to seeing you guys. Come down Got to it. Nashville. Visit me. We'd love to. And, uh, I hey, have- I've been telling Anybody Steve out Andrews there in the business, you know, if you got questions or anything like that, I mean, we, we really, really love to talk about the laundry business. We are that boring. So call <laughs> us and we will love to talk to you about it. Sounds good. Right. Thank you. Thank you so God much. Thank All right. You. Take you care. Take All right. Care. Bye. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.